Nick, it's June. Can you believe it? I can't, honestly. The fact that we are halfway through 2022... Oh, don't phrase it like that. (laughs) It's mind-boggling and, quite frankly, disturbing. Um, I can't believe that it's been more than a year since I've graduated. Like, that's shocking for me. (laughs) I can't believe... I can't believe I'm still single. (laughs) Um, Wasn't that, like, my goal for 2022? Was that a, was that to not a, be? What was it, was that a resolution of yours? I don't know. Pro- it's it's a re- it's been a resolution of mine since seventeen. But I will say, I, <laughs> I will say, I'm really out here, and so are you, um, making relationships happen for other people. More on that later in a different episode. But um, oh oh yeah. Oh. yeah yeah yeah. You know, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. And we I, really know. I y k y k. Yes. Unfortunately, I can't make it happen for myself, but I'm definitely doing it for friends. So I want to try and make it happen for you, but I don't know how to. How do I do that? Give me tips. What can I what can I do? Actually, throw your dating profile out into the ether right now. All right. H, um, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I I want to shout out. I don't know if they're listening to it, but at one point they were listening to it as i mentioned i coach middle school tennis at my former high school seventh and eighth grade and they even though this podcast isn't necessarily for their age group i find that high school middle school students are very good at stalking people i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing like they uncovered a photo of me from when i went to that high school i hate that and you know just middle of my awkward stage type of stuff and I was like, how did you find this? What, what did we, and they found it. But then they found the podcast and then they're, now they make little jokes about it. I like really they, hate that more. Well, they thought that one of their opponents who was playing first singles was our co-producer. And they were like, oh, he co-produces the Point of View podcast. Coach has, coach is colluding with the opponent because he co-produces the Point of View podcast with the first singles player of our opposing team. And I was like, what is happening right now? I don't I have no idea. But shout them out. Hello. I, I have finished. The season has ended. Sad. Shed a single tear. Uh, I've finished coaching for this for this season. But it was so much fun. So shout out to you guys if you are listening to this episode. Although I really hope you aren't listening to this episode because this one's going to be interesting. But anyway, Nick, how are you? I'm good. Um, I... Let's see, it's episode 40, which is exciting. It is. We made it to 40 episodes, and we are very grateful for everybody who listens. And I just want to do a quick plug, because we do this at the end of the show usually, but um, if you are enjoying this show, and we hope that you are, we love making it for you, please um, give us a rating in wherever you listen to the show. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you can even do that. I'm not sure if that's a thing that yeah, Spotify Google offers. Podcasts, uh, yeah, Google Podcasts, all of them. Yeah, Google Podcasts. Um, To be honest, those are the only three that I can think of. Um, But please leave us a review or share on social media any of your uh, favorite episodes. We'd really appreciate it. And you asked me how I was doing, and I started promoting the podcast. Well, that's Um, just your marketing degree at work. Yeah. Um, No, I'm good. I got out of my chair today at work, and my body left the chair, but my hip did not. And yeah, so I'm – I mean, we already know I'm old, but I'm really – Feeling it, Mr. Krabs. Um, In fairness, though, my back and hip and knee have also been hurting because 
I decided, actually my sister decided that she, uh, my siblings have both moved home from, from school at this point. I think Jordan's home too, right? Yeah. Um, oh. if, if your experience is anything like mine, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, well, my sister decided that she wanted to start running and I, I run out of the three of us, I run the most. And so she was like, can you go running with me? I was like, absolutely. Let's go running. So I love that. we're running every single day. And of course I run normally, like uh, I run routinely, you know, not necessarily with her, but just in general. And I've run this path multiple times. And of course, the second time I run it with her, I like hurt myself. So of course, I know I feel like an old man too today. Yeah. Jordan took me running once and I almost died. Um, what happened? You were just hyperventilating. Did you run walk? Because my sister was and I have at freezing. Least have been it was freezing, and she's uh, running at the beach, which we're gonna go to later in this episode. Um, but we're running at the beach, and I'm like coughing up blood. Not really, but I felt like I was. Like um, on the sand? No, on oh, the. I was gonna uh, say, there was that's a hard. Yeah, no, it wasn't on the sand. It was on the sidewalk. But it's the middle of the winter. It's freezing. We're running. I'm like avoiding ice. I feel like I'm coughing up blood. Um, and then for like. I, they weren't laps, but the equivalent of laps, I guess. For laps like two, three, four, and five, I was the guy walking like miles behind her as she was lapping me. Because I, yeah, it was not good. I was like, why did you make me do that? And I was having a bad mental health day. She was trying to make me feel better. Right. Because working out, those endorphins help with improving mental health. Well, it did could. absolutely nothing. <laughs> did, it, um, did it exacerbate the things that you were experiencing? Yes. I would hope not. Um, oh, it did? <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, a Marvel reference it. on your left. All right. I don't watch Marvel movies, but Nick, do, but our our, um, our friend Nick Staker from episode 13 will really appreciate that. Yes. Um, and our other reference. listeners that watch Marvel. But I've been, I wanted to throw this in because you asked me how I was and quickly, um, and I guess listeners can answer this too. What are our thoughts? What album is coming next? 1989 Taylor's version or... Speak Now Taylor's version. 1989 was originally released in 2014. Speak Now was originally released in 2011. And there have been hints to both coming very soon. I can quickly list them. Um, 1989, um, Taylor just released This Love, uh, which is... And this is only one of the hints. There are so many more. I'm not like a certified Swifty. Um She's You're released not this a love. certified Swifty. I'm definitely not a certified Swifty. Yeah, but Swiftie. okay, so she released This Love, which is a song from 1989, and she has also previously released Wildest Dreams, both of them being her versions. Um, and they're now under one cover, which looks very much like the something that would come out of her newly uh, recorded 1989 era. But at the same time, she's selling one of her albums online. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Speak Now came out in 2010. Um but she's selling one of her albums online for $20.10, and the 2010 is written in purple, which is the Speak Now color. Um, and nothing else on the, on the website is written in purple, so I don't know. Which one's coming? It could, it could be a double release. 1989 is a very summery album. Um, Speak Now is, I wouldn't, I don't know. What, what do you think? What's coming out next? That's what I've been thinking about today. I'll say 1989 because it is a summery album, as you said. Mm. And I remember the 1989 tour really causing a lot of traffic in my town because it's <laughs> near the yeah. venue where she toured and visited. So yeah, that's what um, I... my sister went to it. Oh, great. She, was she one of the teeny bopper drivers that was just... No, she couldn't drive at the streets? time. Oh, okay. Fine. She couldn't drive at the time. Because All right, I think Jordan, she... you're off the hook. She was probably like 13. Uh, no, she was 14 because it was 20, 
I don't know when, what, what age she was. I'm not going to lie. I'm really derailing this conversation. Um, anyways, I think it's personally, I think it's either a double release or it's going to be 1989. But that right. cover is atrocious. And if that's the new cover, I'm going to hate her because <laughs> Fearless Taylor's version and Red Taylor's version have immaculate covers that are better than the originals. So I'm going to need her to retake that if that's the 1989 Taylor's version cover. What are you grateful for, Justin? I am really grateful for, well, so much. I just completed a the Ignatian pilgrimage that I've been so looking forward to. I don't know if I don't know if I've talked about it, but there was a there was a pilgrimage that was organized by my boss or my former boss when I worked at Loyola Campus Ministry, Mr. George Miller, and so many uh, alums and current students and some new friends. My roommate Dave, shout out Dave, hi David, from uh, St. John's University in Philadelphia joined us and it was just an amazing trip it was i mean we went to the basque country in spain and then we spent some time in rome and it was about a little less than two weeks and i don't know i think it was just a great way to start my summer so i'm i'm able to accept the fact that it is june because that's how i started my summer so i'm grateful for the opportunity to do that and my parents supporting me in it and everyone who was there who just made it a a uh, really wonderful once in a lifetime type of trip. So thank you for, to all those people. And yeah, what are you grateful for? George Miller. Ow! I just wanted to do that because you said George Miller um, and he's a king. Um, let's honestly leave it at that because I didn't think of an answer. So you have to say something. You can't I said George Miller. Ow! Oh, okay. All right, fine. You're grateful for George Miller. Ow! Hi, George. <laughs> so today. This episode is going to be interesting. Nick, you can chime in where I'm missing things. But we, no. you and I have talked with each other about having an episode dedicated to doing something like a guided meditation or an Ignatian examine. And we decided that now I think would be a good time to try it out. So what do we have for you today? Well, it isn't the typical guided meditation that you might expect. We could have done that. We still might do that in the future, but we wanted to put our own point of view twist to this meditation. What does that mean, you might ask? Well, you might hear something a little bit different than your normal meditation, something a little bit off or out of the ordinary. This is definitely an experiment for us, and there are only two ways that we can really see this going. It's a massive failure or a massive hit. Personally, I think it will be the latter, but... Still definitely an experiment for the both of us. So, okay. Enough dilly-dallying. Let's get to this, the heart of the show. We hope you like it and you're about what you're about to experience, which we can really only describe as a cross between a guided meditation and a try not to laugh challenge. You'll notice this episode is marked explicit. So viewer discretion is advised. Not that there's anything crazy, crazy, but... Yeah, there is. Just, well... well yeah. All right. Maybe. <laughs> now, wherever you're listening to this, we hope you're able to relax, forget about your stresses, find your zen, and maybe laugh a little bit too. Please enjoy. I have to burp. Okay, one sec. All right, I'm ready. Hello, and welcome to a very special take on a classic relaxation technique, meditation. Today, we'll be taking you on a trip through various popular comfort scenes with the hope that we can help you unwind. 
let's begin in five minutes. I have to poop first. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, 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 okay, he's actually going. Guys, he's actually going. Okay. I'll see you around. Okay. <laughs> Then, um, j- just just for our listeners to know, uh, we have a script. Like, it's right in front of us both, and we planned on this and wrote it a few days before we started recording this one, but <laughs> I, guess, I guess since Nick decided, Nature Calls, right at this moment, we're just gonna, uh, let's just toss the script to the wind, and I guess I'll take his parts because I don't want to waste Dan's time or my time. Okay, let's just get into it. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. As we begin our meditation, I encourage you to evaluate how you enter this space. Notice your emotions. Do you feel gladness, anger, or sadness? Maybe you're anxious about something in the future or upset about something from the past. Do you feel contentment in the present moment? Are you confused? Yeah, me too. However you enter this space, Accept yourself. There is no right or wrong way of being or of feeling. Accept where you are in this present moment. I see you, and you are exactly where you are supposed to be. Next, notice any tension you feel in your body. Many people carry their stress and tension in their backs and shoulders. Bring focus to this area of your body. Nope, not there. Nope, not there either. Higher, higher, lower, stop. My leg! Right there. As you focus on your shoulders, release any tension that is present. Let your arms fall and your shoulders drop. Say to yourself, I am calm. I am relaxed. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Where else do you experience tension? Take a moment to scan your body and release any tension that might exist. I'll give you a moment to do this. Welcome back. Now that you have fully immersed yourself in this experience, let's begin with some guided imagery. Chapter one, grandparents' house. It's been a long day of working hard right until the moment you got on your way. As much as your day felt long and full, your week felt even longer and busier. It was one of those weeks where your mind was always one day ahead of what day it actually was. Today, however, you know exactly what day it is. It's Friday. Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. And you're on your way to your grandma and grandpa's house for dinner. The thought of eating Grammy and Grampy's food tonight may have been the only thing getting you through this week. Imagining the smell of Nana's apple turnovers teased you all week, and laughing at Papa's extremely cheesy jokes with the love in your heart that can only be shared between a grandchild and their baba. As you continue your journey to their house, 
you admire the world around you. It's golden hour, according to the gram. And the sunset is painting the sky shades of orange, amber, pink, and purple. The clouds appear like thin strands of cotton candy, weightlessly floating amongst the warm tints of the dusk sky. You listen to the birds gleefully chirping in the trees you pass. You think about how liberating it must be to be able to fly at will. The thought of your Mima's and Meepaw's cooking comes to the front of your mind. You can feel the warmth of the rolls on your skin, fresh out of the oven. You can taste the exquisite flavoring as you imagine each bite. Your mouth begins to water just in time for you to arrive at their house. Your Moo Moo and Poo Poo meet you at their front door. Their faces are bright, their eyes are wide, and their hands are in the air as they summon you into their home. To be honest, it's a little eerie, but I guess it's endearing. You give your Booba and Bobby a hug and a kiss before following them inside. As you walk through the door, you smell that musky grandparent house smell that every house a grandparent lives in smells like. As the scent enters your nostrils, a slight anxiety overcomes you. Holy shit, they're chronic hoarders. You scan the house as you make your way in and observe the piles and piles of stuff in every nook and cranny of their home. Piles in the fireplace, piles on the couch, piles in the bathtub, piles dangerously close to the hot stove. Their dog is sleeping underneath a fort made of books. Actually, that's kind of cool. Y'all sure have a lot of memories in this place, don't ya? Oh, your moppy exclaims as she laughs sheepishly. Dinner's ready, shouts Bing Bong. You sit down for a lovely meal with two of the most important people in your life. You can't recall the last time you sat down for a meal with your balloony and splatchaluna. But everything looks, tastes, and smells exactly as you remembered it. Eat up, there's plenty, says Minnie. Your gramps just looks at you with the biggest smile on his face, consistently but quietly laughing. <laughs> They're both enjoying your company so much, and to be honest, the feeling is mutual. You could stay in this moment forever. You eat until you feel like your stomach is going to burst. Clear the plates off the table and begin to wash them in the warm water. When the loud repetitive chime of a timer goes off, your Millie Bobby Brown makes her way to the oven and pulls out the apple turnovers you were imagining on your way over. Warm, flaky, and oh so sweet. You put one on your plate. Whipped cream, your volley offers? Sure you exclaim. You press the nozzle on top of the turnover. You somehow have room for two turnovers before you really start to feel the bloat come on. Babushka and babushki, I always love coming over here and eating your cooking. In my opinion, it doesn't happen enough. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. They respond with a silent smile. That's strange, but I'll allow it you think to yourself. When the table is cleared, they ask if you want to play a game. You respond, 
I'm good. You head for the door, leaving a 20% tip on the way out. As you get in your car and turn the ignition, you come to the realization that you've never seen those people before in your life. Huh. Oh well. We have to stand hospitality. Chapter 2. The Beach I've returned from battle on the toilet, just in time to arrive at the beach. The tide is out, and you can taste the salty air where the water crashed only hours earlier. You feel the cool breeze on your face, cascading quickly through your hair. You feel the warm, white sand between your toes. You feel your beach chair cutting off your circulation, and you see that your arm is turning blue. Blue like the sky, which is filled with a chorus of seagulls. You lay out your beach towel, and I lay mine beside yours. You put your sunglasses on, and close your eyes as the smell of coconut oil holds you like a warm embrace. You're calm. I'm still next to you, and I can't sit fucking still. I get up with a loud Oh, that made me yawn. Actually, one sec. Oh, I hate when you can't get a full yawn out. Anyways, and for a moment, my ass is in your face. I shake out my towel in the most disruptive way possible. You're inhaling grains of sand, but at least it's not my ass anymore. You're pissed. You hit me with your sandal, and I shut the hell up. The waves rise, creating mountains in the ocean. They roll closer to the sand, foaming at the top before crashing confidently against the shore. It's violence in its most elegant form. The water returns to the horizon for a moment, and then rolls toward you once more. It does this repeatedly, like a reliable friend. You relish in its predictability. Nothing can bother you. Nothing is strong enough to take your peace. You are safe here. Time passes as your breathing synchronizes with the push and pull of the tide. You are calm. With your eyes closed, you begin to visualize the beauty around you. The vegetation. The clear blue sky. The seashells decorating the sand like Mother Nature's finest jewelry. You're reminded, they're really making a Marcel the Shell movie, aren't they? Your mind goes out to sea, imagining the rainbow of life swimming harmoniously through the time-tried coral. If you're Justin, you don't do that. Like, like ever. Abs absolutely not. This is the part where I was supposed to talk about the fish in the ocean. But we forgot to write that part of the script, so I'm going to do it in the only way that I know how. One fish, two fish, red fish, and maybe even blue fish. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, still no. Do you know what kinds of disgusting creatures live in the ocean? Like, you know that fish that has, like, the little light that hangs in front of its face in Finding Nemo, like, the one that attracted Marlin and Dory to its light. Yeah, that's called an anglerfish, and it does have a light, and it does have big-ass eyes and teeth, 
And in no universe will I ever wake up in the morning and be like, you know, I think today's the day I want to swim with that thing. Like who, I don't know who in their right mind think, thinks that just, just, I hope I know I'm not alone. I just want to, what about jellyfish? Okay. Jellyfish are literal blobs of goo that can kill you by touching you with the tiny noodle like legs with poisonous barbs that they have. Like no, thank you whatsoever like even portuguese man of war i'm portuguese and i don't want to ever encounter a portuguese man of war worst thing the crocodile hunter mr steve Irwin, died in the ocean okay let's just all put that into perspective okay the the someone who loved nature very much passed away in the ocean because of a, a horrible accident involving a stingray so anyway i rest my case i yield the rest of my time to nick Thank you, Justin, for those very valid points. We realize that Justin is being a baby, so I drag him headfirst into the water. I'm kidding, I don't like going in the water either. The salt dries out fruit, and I am more of a sugar rim type anyway. You close your eyes again, and the smell of sunscreen permeates the crisp, cool air around you. You fall asleep and are welcomed into a dream about a vacation as deserved as it is relaxing. You're transported onto a raft. It glides like a bubble over the water that begins to settle. You then rise ever so slowly, feeling the heat of the plastic against your back, as the tide then lowers you back to equilibrium. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Affirmations flood your mind, all of them true. I am essential. I am kind, and I love myself, as I should. I am making the life that I want for myself a reality. I'm making progress on all of my goals. I'm making my way downtown, walking fast, faces pass, and I'm homebound. do 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 fruitity fruitity fruit Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making my way through the crowd, ow ow, ow, do 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 fruitity fruitity fruit. And I need you. And I miss you. And now I wonder if I could fall into the sky. Do you think time would pass me by? Oh. Because you know I'd walk a thousand miles. If I could just feel finger French fuck, Justin's gonna kill me because he didn't know I was adding this part into the song. See you! You wake up from your dream to a fruit singing at you. And you realize that you aren't actually on a raft, but on your towel, which welcomes you back to reality and reminds you that this beach is home, but it's not ours. I'm not gonna lie. I don't entirely know what that means. Did you receive my text? Wow, I am a dumb fucker. Yes, I am down for that. Wait, that was the message Justin wrote in our Google Doc when I forgot to respond to his text, followed by my response. As you can see, I answered him with elegance and class. Anyway, you roll on your side and notice a hornet has landed next to you. You panic initially but are reminded that this is a wonderful exercise in mindfulness that is often put into practice by obsessive-compulsive disorder specialists. You are aware of the bee, 
as well as how obscure and oddly specific that metaphor was. It begins to crawl to your shoulder, but you don't bother it. You'd rather it not be there, and still, you allow it to just be. After all, the more you resist the bee's presence, the angrier it will become, and the more uncomfortable you will become. The bee spreads its wings and lands on me now. I begin to practice the same mindfulness I shared with you, breathing in slowly, and then exhaling my worries out through my mouth. That doesn't make me feel any better, so I rise and beat the ever-living shit out of it until the bee passes away. H. The sun is setting now, and purples blanket the sky with orange highlights that fade to a pink, promising that the sun will rise again tomorrow. You've lit a fire, and you hear the snap of each flame as it births another. Embers rise, and the smell of burnt sandalwood drapes around you. Marshmallows are roasting. Fruits are toasting. You notice Justin deep in thought. What is he thinking? He looks uncomfortable. Chapter 3. Spa. Ah, good lagoon. My life! Spa day at last. Finally, you get to treat yourself with some self-care. You walk in and are immediately hit with the smell of incense that instantly leaves you feeling tranquil. The attendant directs you to the locker room where you secure your belongings, undress, and put on the soft cotton robe that was provided to you upon arrival. You've scheduled yourself a full body massage and a mud bath for today, but first plan to spend some time in the sauna. You walk in and the steam hits you like a comforting hug. You pour a full pitcher of water onto the stones. The steam rises quickly and gently kisses your face, leaving droplets of moisture on your cheeks. As the steam begins to dissipate, you take in your surroundings. The sauna's wooden floor and bench are soft from the continuous absorption of water. The room is dimly lit with an orange hue. It's dark enough to allow you to relax, but light enough as not to stir up your fear of the dark. You're startled by another figure sitting in the corner of the room staring at you. Hi, how are you? I, I'm, I'm good. He doesn't have his robe on, but a white towel wrapping the lower half of his body. His hands are folded neatly on his lap, and his posture is immaculate. You climb up to a spot on the other side of the sauna, and sit down on the elevated bench. You face perpendicular to him, but try and ignore his presence. You remind yourself, today is about me. You lean back against the soft, warm wood that is supporting you and get comfortable. You both sit in silence for about 10 minutes. Suddenly, you feel your wrist vibrating. Can you hear my brother? No. Okay. I love how I said that in the, oh, hold on one yeah, second. No, you go, can you hear my brother? And I go, no. Yeah. <laughs> we should keep that in. All you, right, went, keep you went, no. Like the <laughs> keep that, Honestly, keep this whole part in. This is incredible. Anyways. <laughs> Suddenly, you feel your wrist vibrating. 
It's your watch reminding you that your massage is in five minutes. You sit up from your lounged position you've adopted. Adjusting your robe, you make your way to the door. Your sauna friend watches your every move intently. All right, see you around. I leave Justin's narration, wondering why it reads like erotica, or why my mind is in the gutter. You turn and look over your shoulder. You make eye contact with him as you reach to open the sauna door. Bye. Hope you have a great rest of your day. You smile softly. He nods silently, and you head out the door. Before going to your massage, you make sure to grab some water. Saunas are very dehydrating. You feel relaxed and are looking forward to what's coming next for your spa day. You walk towards the hallway of massage rooms and find room number three. You open the thin wooden door to an empty massage table with green cushions and a blanket neatly folded on top. There's a note by the head donut pillow thing. You know, the the, the, the pillow where you put your face and, and you're laying on your stomach and yeah, anyway, you get what I'm saying. It reads, undress to your comfort level and lay under the blanket facing down. I will be in shortly. You follow the instructions and place your face into the donut pillow. You hear the door lightly open and watch two sets of pink painted toenails and Birkenstocks walk towards a table against the wall. The Birkenstocked individual begins to play soft, soothing music, kind of like the music you hear in this episode. The Birkenstocked individual folds the blanket down, revealing your back, and begins their deep tissue massage with their thumbs rubbing out the knots near your shoulder blades. The masseuse opens their mouth to speak. You hear. My name's Nick Gervasi. And I'm Justin Dew. You can reach us at our email, pointofdewpodcast at gmail.com, or by sending us a voice message on our website, anchor.fm forward slash point of do. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at point of do podcast and Twitter at point of do. If you enjoy our show, give us a rating or review in the Apple podcast store or share us with a friend or family member. We'd really appreciate it and are truly grateful for your support. As always, we hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. And until next time, eight. Never looking back, no doubt.